0: Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for a full-time administrative assistant to the Programming Director. A qualified candidate should demonstrate excellent self-management and time management skills and have excellent oral and written communication skills. Tasks will include assisting in lining up daily guests for our local program, Real Presence Live, writing talking points and promotional material for program segments and managing a programming calendar. Degree or experience in communication or business administration is preferred but not required. For more information, contact Brandon at 877-795-0122.
1: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
2: It's, welcome back to Real Presence Live. Um, we're happy that you've tuned in today, and we're going to be moving into our segment um, taking a look at the first week in the Minnesota legislature. It gaveled in for the 220 session a week ago, Um, So we're going to find out what's been happening and what we can expect to see over the next week. We'll get that update with Jason Adkins of the Minnesota Catholic Conference. So welcome, Jason, and could you just start by um, introducing yourself to our listeners and telling us a little bit about your background and what you do?
1: Absolutely. So good morning. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Um, I serve as Executive Director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, which is uh, another way of saying it's the Conference of Bishops, and we help the bishops with their public policy initiatives, and we're helping Catholics live their call and responsibility to faithful citizenship. So not only is it lobbying and advocating for policies that serve human dignity and the common good, but also helping lay Catholics uh, engage that responsibility, helping them join their voice, to the voice of the bishops at the Capitol, and then... Guiding them in practical ways that they can bring their faith into the public arena.
2: So it sounds like you, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead no, you no go ahead. I was
1: going to say my background is a, as an attorney. Um, don't hold that against me. Uh, but uh, it's it's all advocacy. We're essentially door to door salespersons. <laughs> Everyone's <Yeah. laughs> in sales at the end of the day.
2: So you have to have a good understanding of the law and a good understanding of the church and her teachings, particularly, I would think, moral and ethical teachings.
1: That's exactly right. You can't think of yourself as simply a lobbyist or a policy wonk. Everyone in ministry has to think of themselves as a missionary. So Pope Francis asks us to think of the Church's work in a missionary and evangelical frame of mind, and that includes the Church's public policy activities. Yes, we're out there um, in the capital, in the public arena, advocating for good public policy because it upholds life and human dignity. It builds up the common good, and we do so out of love for our neighbor, and when we do that, it helps people meet Jesus. Um, The social teaching of the Church, as Pope St. John Paul II said, is evangelical in character. Um, By identifying the truths of the faith, the truths of Catholic social teaching, the truths that build up uh, life and dignity, we ultimately point to the the author of those truths, and that is Jesus Christ.
2: Wow, it sounds like a vocation within a vocation.
1: Indeed, it is. It's a blessing and a privilege. Uh, really, a challenging uh, responsibility and a humbling one. But uh, we we really love it, and uh, it's a really a neat, a neat privilege and a neat way of evangelization.
0: My my suspicion is you're doing a lot of educating as far as your lobbying activity is concerned, and uh, I suspect that uh, the legislators the legislators re- reflect a, a broad spectrum of uh, attitudes you know, towards the Church, towards Catholicism, or even Christianity in general?
1: Well, it's the Catholic Church, so everyone's got an opinion, right? <laughs> um, and, they're, and they're more than happy to share it with you. Um, but I think our work is, as you said, Danny, we have to work with everyone. We transcend the partisan divide. We don't do endorsement. Uh, like I said, it's door-to-door sales, and your, your credibility is built on your role as a resource. Um, someone who's an honest broker, someone who brings people together— We have a podcast that we do on Real Presence Radio that also airs on Tuesday nights, and that's called The Bridge Builder, and that's really the essence of our work, is uh, building bridges of dialogue and not putting up walls of resentment, um, trying to build common ground for the common good. And even if you're in disagreement with someone on a, a really important issue, it doesn't mean that next week you won't actually be working with them on a different issue. And So you have to know your audience, you have to know the legislators, and you have to respect them and and their role and responsibility. There are very few who aren't there just trying to do the best they can um, with what they know. And your role as a, as a citizen and as a lobbyist, all we are is uh, people who just have a little bit more expertise in the field. But everyone's called to be a lobbyist and petition the government for a redress of grievances, as our Constitution does. But you, our legislators need us. They need us as advocates. They need us as friends. They need us as prayer partners letting them know that uh, we're praying for them and working with them, and then we have to assist them because we can't expect them to know what's important. You know, everyone's only got a limited amount of information at their disposal, so they rely on their constituents, they rely on lobbyists to bring important issues to them for their consideration. So if you're sitting at home and you haven't gotten involved in the political process and you just think everything's bad and polarized and nothing's ever going to get done, well, if you're not helping to make things better, then... Um, you can't expect it to improve. So it's really incumbent on everyone to be involved as a faithful citizen, and that's why the Church calls us to that responsibility. It's not an optional exercise of our discipleship that we can delegate to some, someone else. At minimum, the one thing that everyone can do is pray for our legislators.
2: Wow, um, and we need you, and we're so thankful that there are people like you who do that work on our behalf. That Thank you. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's, a, it's a, really, like I said, it's a delight and a privilege, and um, we also need the help of the people in the pew to let us know what's going on and, uh, and join their voice to ours. And so we have something called the Catholic Advocacy Network, for example, that allows people with a click of a mouse to send a message that they can personalize to their legislator about key issues. So often people don't know what to say, they don't know when to say it, but the Catholic Advocacy Network that people can sign up for at mncatholic.org allows you... Take action on key issues um, with the right messages at the right time. So we have resources for people out there um, who uh, want to be more active and engaged in the public arena.
2: Is that true in every state, Jason? A lot of state Catholic conferences have
1: them. I can't uh, say for sure exactly what the North Dakota and South Dakota Mm -hmm. brings, but uh, most state Catholic conferences have some sort of engagement tool uh, like the Catholic Advocacy Network here in Minnesota.
0: Well, let, let's, let's get into some specifics now, and you can tell us, um, you know, what's been happening at the Capitol of Minnesota lately.
1: Sure. So just this week, and uh, I'm on, I guess, weekly now, giving updates during, throughout the session, which is exciting. Um, I'll just highlight some things that just this week that we've been working on. Uh, I testified Tuesday night in the Early Childhood Committee. There's a committee in the House of Representatives dedicated to early childhood well-being. We know more and more that uh, getting children and uh, expectant mothers, the things they need at the earliest stages can help in child development, brain development, uh, a dollar seventy spent on some of these programs like a home visiting program for pregnant mothers, giving them best practices on nutrition, uh, helping them make sure they get scheduled the right doctor's appointment. Some of those investments can pay off three or fourfold down the road in reduced challenges related to protective services. Um, uh, special education, criminal justice. So it's, it's really amazing what investments on the, in the early stages of childhood can, can do. So we testified about that and the importance of home visiting programs, as I mentioned. We also want to make a point when we do testify that it's not just these programs that make a difference, but think, help legislators think about the bigger picture. And we know from abundant data that the best thing for child well-being is family stability. And so we need to figure out better ways. To allow people, the primary caregivers, to stay home with children uh, when they want to. We pay for child care and there's all sorts of programming around that, uh, but that presumes that both parents are working. But more and more, we see that people want to stay home. So, how can we empower more caregivers, particularly mothers, to stay home with children and make that financially a viable option? So, that was Tuesday. Um, and then Wednesday, we had Second Chance Day on the Hill. So, criminal justice issues. How do we reintegrate? Offenders uh, who are come out of an incarceration context but want to rebuild their lives and get back into the community, so they have challenges finding housing, uh getting jobs because who wants to hire an offender, right? It's a risk. So, what are some programs and initiatives that we can do to help people coming out of an incarceration context to rebuild their lives and get their feet back uh, on the ground? So. I'll stop there. Those are, but those are just two deaths, Tuesday and Wednesday, and you see the breadth of issues that we have to work on criminal justice, early childhood. Um, so it's, we have to be on top of our game at all times.
2: And all pointing to the uh, helping people understand the dignity of the human person.
1: That's exactly right, Um, and we can't, you know, know, Pope Francis talks about the throwaway culture, and that includes the unborn, the elderly, the disabled, but it also oftentimes includes offenders, people who have committed crimes, and uh, we just want to, in many cases, put them in prison, lock them away, and then forget about them, but um, most sentences uh, last for a particular period of time, and then those people, uh, once they've been safe to return to the community, they need, we need to help reintegrate them back in and rebuild their lives. Every every saint's got a past and every sinner's got a future. So mm-hmm. how can we work at those at the margins to, to rebuild their lives and get a fresh start?
0: Okay, well, be, be, before we continue, I'm going to inject here uh, just a, a little bit of a thank you for all of our listeners out there for tuning in to Real Presence Live. And uh, Doreen Kennelly and myself, Jack Kennelly, are your hosts and our, our guest is Jason Atkins, who is giving us a little update on the Minnesota legislative activity. And, uh, well, let's back to the interview.
1: Yeah, sure. So we went through just Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, those are highlights, uh, among other things that we're doing. We sometimes are uh, playing whack-a-mole over there. But Thursday, <laughs> uh, our partner organization, the Joint Religious Legislative Coalition, which is a partnership between the Catholic Conference, the Islamic Center of Minnesota, the Minnesota Council of Churches, and the Jewish Community Relations Council, we have an alliance where we work together on inter as an at an interfaith level on poverty issues. And it's a great model for the rest of the state and our legislature. If we, despite our profound differences on a number of issues, can come together and find common ground for the common good, then certainly our legislators can, despite the deep uh, polarizing divisions between the parties. And so we had our clergy summit on affordable housing and homelessness. On Thursday, we we're delighted to have Governor Walls there, um, Senator Gazelka, who's the Senate Majority Leader and Representative Houseman, who uh, runs the uh, Capital Investment Committee for Housing in our House of Representatives. So great conversation and some important information to clergy so they can become better advocates around issues related to housing and homelessness. More and more, we learn that Housing stability is a key factor that can help address a number of different problems. If you don't have a safe and stable place to lay your head at night, it makes it difficult uh, to uh, do a number of different things and really have your life on track. So we're finding more and more that housing is a key issue. And as I mentioned, we work in an interfaith way to help bring more attention to that issue and then equip clergy to become advocates themselves.
0: You know, um, it seems to me that the media has kind of pigeonholed I think uh, Catholicism kind of with a, a, almost a, a, a political bent to it. Do you find yourself having to fight against that once in a while, that perception?
1: Yeah, let's not be uh, naive that the media are simply uh, delivering information to the public and helping to inform them. The, the media is deeply, deeply biased. Um, we can't uh, criticize the media when they legitimately do their job, but um, we, we, have, we should look at a skeptical eye. When much of the media is reporting on things Catholic, the media's religion IQ generally is pretty low. Um, But that being said, you're right. Um, We we have to tell our story, we have to rely on ourselves to tell our own story and tell our story better, that we're out there advocating for human dignity and the common good on a broad spectrum of issues, and certainly there are some issues that are really key in, in terms of who we are and our identity, I would say the sanctity of life issues, of course. Are paramount, and it's suicide is something that we're very, very focused on uh, right now, and preventing the legalization of that, um, preventing the legalization of recreational marijuana. So there's some things that you would expect the Catholic Church to be involved in, and we're certainly doing those. But we're, um, you know, out there in the community working on a whole spectrum of issues because the Church has something to say about a lot of different things, and uh, we bring a consistent ethic of life, and uh, it's important for people to know that, and so. Uh, we got to get out there and tell our story and, and do so in a very proactive way, and that's why we're out there working in the community on a broad spectrum of issues.
0: Oops. Right, and and we're thankful that you are out there because I know the church has a difficult. Uh, <clears throat> they do have a lot to say, but uh, unfortunately, to explain the dignity of the human person, you just can't necessarily do it in a in a sound bite. And it's really important that we have. Uh, Knowledgeable people out there educating the legislators as to you know what the church really teaches and uh, what their position is on certain things, rather than taking our information from the uh, from the from the media. And uh, yeah,
1: we want we want people to uh, we want to protect the sanctity of life from womb to tomb, but we want to promote flourishing in between and flourishing for all persons in our community. And so that's why we speak to that broad spectrum of issues It's because there's uh, a lot of different things that people need to flourish, whether they're criminals reintegrating into society, whether it's the poor who need housing access and housing supports, whether it's uh, kids who are in stuck and underperforming schools, they need school choice. So it's the sanctity of life is a cornerstone, but we also have to promote flourishing uh, in between.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you, Jason. It's been a a real interesting to visit with you today, and we're, we're happy you're out there at the Minnesota Legislature advocating for the Church and, uh, and the dignity of the human person and for uh, poverty issues and all those other things, criminal justice. Uh, it's important that the Church has this voice. Well, thanks
1: for having me on, and listeners, if they want to learn more, go to mncatholic.org. Again, that's mncatholic.org.
2: Thank you, Jason.
1: Thank you. God bless.
0: God bless you.
2: Up next, we're hoping we're hopping in the car, hoping to hop in the car, and traveling around the listening area for our 10-minute tour of local events, and later, learning to say yes to what is true and good, how you ladies can do this. Keep it right here. There's plenty more Real Presence Live to come in just a couple minutes.